What is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Controversy Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about gun control. Yes, it is a very controversial topic, but I think that it is fitting seeing how uh, just just in the past week there have been a numerous amount of uh, gun-related incidents in the news, shootings, uh, and it, it, it's really just a tragedy. Um, so I wanted to go. I wanted to talk about um, just just the different sides of gun control and really if it if it would work. Um, so I have a few articles here pulled up that I'm going to be referencing, and uh, I will hopefully be linking all of this in the show notes in the podcast feature so that it can be um, accessed for you guys. So you can see actually what I'm saying. So the first article I want to come over here and look at is from the Federalist. It is, uh, 10 common arguments for gun controls. Um, and, and, and really, uh, a lot of these sort of make sense. Some of them don't. Um, and it, it actually is uh, going and debunking all of these. So I just want to go through uh, fairly quickly through this list and actually um, break it down and see what uh, what's actually going on because um, there are there are some uh, are some good points in here. So uh, a lot of people believe that the Second Amendment only um, gives the right to own guns for use in militia. So, I mean, that's pretty much verbatim what it says, um, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So, um, basically that, what, what that means is when people are taking the second amendment and saying what they think, um, it means they're interpreting it as we should only be able to have guns to defend ourselves from a government that isn't doing its job. Um, so it, it, it's kind of up to interpretation. That's pretty much everything in the government, at least how everything was originally written in the constitution. Um, and the bill of rights is, is up to interpretation. Um, but, uh, you basically have two schools of thought when you're, when you're, uh, looking at the constitution, what, uh, thinking what the founding fathers thought you have sort of a strict view, meaning that, uh, you can only do what they say, right? So you take it literally at face value and there's the other side. Um, there's the other side that thinks that, you know, if it doesn't say it, it doesn't say we can't do these things, right? Um, doesn't say that we can't all have firearms in our house. It doesn't say that we can't do anything we want with guns, right? It says that we should be able to have a well-organized militia. And, uh, the, the, the thinking is that if you want to go through a strict thinking that we can only have guns in the event that we need to, I don't want to say overthrow the government, but uh, keep the government in line. Right. And then like I previously stated that there's the other side that says, you know, no, it doesn't say we can't have guns. Everyone needs a gun. P 
basically. It's a very dumbed down um, explanation of that. So that brings me to the second point of this article. And it says that the Second Amendment only applies to muskets because that was the gun that was around at the time. That's what they used uh, in the Civil War. That's when they used um, when in the Revolutionary War. Those are the guns that we're talking about. So if you're going through this musket route and you're, and you're claiming that the Constitution says we can have muskets, muskets were a military gun, y'all. Muskets were, it is the same of having an assault rifle or a sniper or something that the military uses. So if we want to say that the Second Amendment only applies to muskets and then we're interpreting it in our 24, 21st century um, context, excuse me, then everyone should have, <laughs> everyone should have assault rifles, everyone should have these military grade weapons. You know, everyone should be have, able to have a tank, you know. Um, so it, it's, it's really, I, I think this one really should be debunked um, because if, you, if you're saying that it only applies to muskets, you got to turn it around unless you want to hand everyone a musket from the uh, 20th, 20th and uh, 19th century. Um, then uh, we're looking at a lot worse things. I mean, you can go ahead and give give people that weapon, that firearm, because it's going to take them thirty minutes to put up a to put a new bullet in there. Um, a lot of people say that criminals won't have guns if we ban them. You know, that's just that's just not going to happen. People have guns. First of all, people have guns now. So if we go around and ban them, we can't go in to everyone's house and take their their guns. That's just not how this works. If we ban the sale of them, criminals are still going to find a way to get these weapons, these firearms, these high-powered military-grade weapons, the assault rifles. I mean, even not military-grade. You can go into a, a gun store right now and buy, an, uh, buy a rifle. It's, it's, it's not going to change everything if we ban guns for criminals because you know watching cops or live pd that convicted felons that are now out in the world have guns it's not gonna work if we ban guns the people the bad people are going to still have guns and the good people will not have guns uh, it's, it, it, this is a very complicated topic to discuss, and that's, I mean, really, that's why it's taken forever up in uh, Washington to get through this, that, and, you know, people don't want to budge in their views. They don't, uh, it's hard to come to a solution that makes everyone happy. So this brings me to the fourth point that uh, assault rifles, semi-automatic rifles should be banned. It's the same thing as the previous one. If someone wants a gun they're going to get the gun law-abiding citizens will not have those guns criminals will people with bad intents will have these guns so the fifth point of this article that we should just raise the age to buy a gun at 21 hey wouldn't that be a splendid idea except 29 out of the 30 
worst shootings in the U.S. history. 26. 26 of those 30 were committed by someone 21 years of age or older. The fourth worst shooting was committed by a 20-year-old who stole his mother's firearm. Number seven was committed by a student who used their pistol that they couldn't legally purchase. And number 22 was committed by a 16-year-old who couldn't even purchase a firearm legally. So that wouldn't work. Like, the, the, these main arguments and my counterpoints that I keep on bringing up to this is that if someone wants a gun, they are going to get it. That's it. Bottom line. A lot of people think that gun-free zones are safe spaces. It's not true. This points out that the opposite is true. Gun-free zones are a magnet for shootings. Almost every mass shooting that we have experienced has occurred in a gun-free zone. People that are coming in to shoot want to target people that don't have the means to fight back. Because just think about that. If you're going somewhere and there are 50 people, let's just say that, you know, a third of the people have it. So about 15 people would have a firearm. Then this one guy coming in would be outnumbered. Even if there were only two people, he would be outnumbered. And if there was one person in that group of 50 people, it would be somewhat of a fair fight. And and then all those other 49 people could run away. They could fight back once the, the shooter was unarmed. So it it doesn't make sense. You you can't gun gun zone free spaces are not going to be any safer. Those are target points. You don't see people going in and shooting up police stations because police officers have guns. And that is not a good place. Or the same thing applies to military bases. People you you will get opposition and you most likely are going to die by the end of it. But if you go to a school or a mall or a hospital, you you have a much better chance of killing a lot of people and not not getting hurt, not dying. A lot, uh, sorry. Another myth is that places with strict gun laws don't have a shooting problem. That is 100% false. Chicago in Illinois has some of the strictest gun control laws in the nation. And in 2016 alone, Chicago had 762 gun deaths and experienced 4,331 shootings. And they have the strict one of the some of the strictest gun laws in 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 the nation. And it's just we we have tried stuff. Cities have tried stuff. The government has tried stuff to try to counteract shootings. And it's just not going to happen. 
we can introduce psych evaluations when you when when you're getting a gun license, and that's fine for the people that are going to get a gun license before they get a gun. For the people that are following the law, we will keep guns out of the bad people that follow the law. It's people that don't follow the law and the people that don't follow the rules that we have to worry about. So, number eight, reducing guns will reduce gun violence. (laughs) According to the FBI crime stats in 2004, after the 1994 federal assault weapons ban ended, violent crimes fell. So they did this survey in 2004, and in 1994, they repealed or repealed uh, gun bans. And crime went down because it's the same thing, like I said earlier. Um, if you're going to try to shoot up a place that has a lot of people that have guns, you're not going to do that. That's not smart. You want to be able to live at the end of it. Unless, of course, it's a suicide mission, which in that case, <laughs> you better watch out. Number nine, only law enforcement should have guns. When it counts, law enforcement is often only minutes away. According to the Department of Homeland Security, the average duration of an average of an active shooter incident out of school is 12 and a half minutes. In contrast, the average response of law enforcement is 18 minutes. I'll let that sink in a minute. The average time of a school shooting is 12 minutes, 30 seconds. The average time for a police officer to respond to that same shooting is 18 minutes. Now, these are both averages. The shooting can last longer, the response can be less, and vice versa. But let's think about that. It's back to this safe space, no gun area. That you're still, it's not that big of a threat if it takes 18 minutes for law enforcement to respond and you have this guy with a gun. Yes, law enforcement might be the only other person in the world with another firearm, but this guy that came in, whether he has a firearm, a knife, or just threatening to do stuff, that response time will not matter because after everything's said and done, the action, the crime, has already been completed by the time law enforcement even get on scene before they can even start doing stuff and assessing the situation. It's already over. So, number 10. High-capacity magazines should be banned. Okay. So, someone can either go buy a couple... Let's just say, for example, a 20-round magazine. They go buy a couple of those. They have... Let's just say they have five. They have 50 rounds. I'm sorry, 100 rounds. Or they could go buy 10... 10-round magazines and still accomplish the same thing. They're still going to accomplish the same thing, guys. They're still going to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Whether they have 5 bullets, 10 bullets, 20, 100, whatever amount of bullets. They're, they're, they're still going to get done what they want to get done. 
So now that we've read through this article and briefly talked about it, we're going to go to a different article um, by the New York Times. Let me bring this over here. Let me make it a little bit bigger. Okay. So let's see what they have to say. So this is just going over that Republicans are under intense pressure to respond to the the events that have happened the the past couple weeks and are trying to find legislation and the they they're getting bogged down by red flags or controversial uh laws that express assault rifles and they pretty much are going back and seeing what sort of evaluations go into getting guns and and you know, back-to-back shootings with 31 dead from El Paso and Dayton. It, it, it's just, I just want to say this again, it's a tragedy. And then we have um, uh, Representative Michael Turner, whose district includes Dayton, says that he will prov- he will support legislation that prevents the sale of military-style weapons to civilians. But the magazine limit as well um so and then it uh goes through about what other senators say and uh pretty much saying the same thing that they want to ban the the sale of military style weapons and limit the sale of extended clipped magazines which which we just talked about probably wouldn't do much so so we have an article from ProCon.org that looks pretty freaking interesting how they have this set up here. I really admire people that uh, have nice websites, easy to read websites, especially for what I do. So let's just say, okay, so it basically just goes over one question. And that question is, should more gun control laws be enacted? And there's like 10 different pros and cons, but I'm just going to quickly go over the first three pros and first three cons. So the first pro, the Second Amendment is not an unlimited right to own guns. So gun control laws are just as old or older than the Second Amendment because it was ratified in 1791. Examples of gun control throughout colonial America, including criminalizing the transfer of guns, to Catholics, slaves, indentured servants, and Native Americans, regulating the storage of gunpowder in homes, and banning loaded guns in Boston. So, the the gun controls have been around longer than the Second Amendment, so problems with firearms have been around for centuries. It's not just now. We have literally been trying since the 1700s to help control gun laws to help control people with firearms. So let's go ahead and take a look at the first con. The Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution protects individual gun ownerships. The Second Amendment of the United States Constitution reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And it just says gun ownership is an American tradition older than the country itself and is protected by the Second Amendment 
you know, to some extent. And that's what what they're trying to control is having outrageous law, or I'm sorry, having outrageous gun sales and letting people have the option to buy assault rifles, um, which, like we discussed earlier, even if we could ban assault rifles, it wouldn't change anything because people can still get them. They're out there. Even if the gun government comes and collects them, people are hiding them. You really think the government can hide coming into everyone that lives in America's houses or lives in America's homes and take their guns and no one's going to say anything? No one's going to say anything and the government's not going to say anything? That's not possible. Okay, that brings me to pro number two. More gun control laws would reduce gun deaths. So, let's just read. There were 572,000 total gun deaths between 1999 and 2016. 336,000 suicides. 58.8% total of gun deaths. 213,000. Wait, yeah, 213,000 homicides and 11,000 unconventional deaths. Guns were the leading cause of death by homicide at 67% and suicide at 51%. So they're saying that uh, tightening gun laws will help prevent deaths. And to a point, it's true. I do believe that some gun laws might help, but again, that's for law-abiding citizens, not criminals. Let's go to call number two. Gun control laws do not deter crime. Gun ownerships deter crime. And I pretty much wholeheartedly believe that. And I know I just contradict myself. I really believe that this is true. Um, A study in Applied Economics Letter found that assault weapon bans did not significantly affect murder rates at the state level in states with restrictions on carrying concealed weapons at higher gun-related murders. While gun ownership has doubled in the 20th century, the murder rate has decreased because more people are getting firearms. It's, it's, it goes back to more people have guns, more people, more people against one person will be better for the majority. And if the majority the majority of people are nice, very nice law-abiding citizens. And if you give one of them a, a gun, th- they're probably not going to need it. But just think if a few people the the Walmart in Dayton had a gun. And that one guy came in. If if two people had a gun, he would be outnumbered. Just, just think about that. And, and then go back to this argument that two is greater than one. Because it's true. One guy can't shoot two people at the same time. One can shoot one person at the, uh, at the same time. And then that other person can shoot the shooter. I hope that makes sense. Um, so let's go down to Pro 3. High capacity magazines should be banned because they often turn in to mass murders. So a mother 
Jones investigation found that higher capacity magazines were used in at least 50% of the 62 mass shootings between 1982 and 2012. When high capacity magazines were used in mass shootings, the death rate rose to 63% and injury, injury rate rose to 156%. So, yes, high capacity magazines do offer the shooter uh, more rounds before they have to reload. Um, but at the same time, they still, they, they, they're still going to carry the same amount of bullets uh, and maybe a little bit more, but, but, but still, there's someone carrying 50 bullets, someone carrying 70 bullets. It's still the same dangerous threat. Let's go to con number three, gun control laws. If infringe on upon the right to self-defense and deny people the sense of safety, according to the NRA gun Guns are used for self-defense in 2.5 million times a year. The police can't protect everyone all the time. 61% of men and 56% of women surveyed by the Pew Research said stricter gun laws would make it more difficult for people to protect themselves, their loved ones, and their belongings. So, I think that this might be the most true statement that there could be because I keep on going back to this argument that two is greater than one five is greater than one and it's not always one person coming in to cause harm if there is a greater number of good but guys to bad guys the good guys will always win and I, I this is something that I wish Congress with in the entirety of DC, the government would understand that two is greater than one, five is greater than two, ten is greater than three. And I I don't want to come off biased towards having more freedom when it comes to to guns because at the end of the day. Having more guns out there increases the likelihood of someone going on a shooting. And no amount of gun control is going to be able to change that. And even if you were had the ability and legally could make it so that owning a firearm is straight up illegal... It's a felony. You'll get life in jail. That doesn't stop the bad guys. That stops the good guys from doing good things and keeps the bad guys doing bad things. And and me personally, I think that having more restrictive gun laws are going to increase the amount of shootings like that we have seen in the past couple of weeks, years, decades, and centuries. So, I know that I have sprinkled in my opinion throughout the entirety of this podcast, um, and I, I, I feel like I've made my... <sighs> I feel like I've made my stance known. But I do have one more article here that I want to go over very quickly. 
and then I will once again do a full breakdown of my opinion and what I think. So this article looks like it has some good data. It's from JustFacts.com. Hopefully this will be fairly accurate. So the United States have a population of 319 million people as of 2014. We all know that it's been, what, five years since this number? Five and a half coming up on. So roughly 371 million firearms were owned by U.S. civilians and domestic law enforcement in 2014. Of these, 146 million, 39% of that number were handguns. So only 39% of all uh, firearms owned by law enforcement and civilians were handguns. And and that's, just take a minute, now, the other 61% isn't all assault rifles. We have hunting rifles, um, shotguns, and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so let's just think people hunt. It, it's a real world. Yeah. And people, people like hunting, uh, their firearms for that. You don't, you don't take a handgun out to hunt. So civilians accounted for 80% of non-military gun industry revenues in 2012. So 80% of all gun sales came from civilians in 2012. Um, that weren't military. So I am assuming that this is counting law enforcement, I hope. So, and guns comprised of 52% of all new guns sold to civilians and law enforcement in 2014. So 52% over half of all guns were handguns sold in 2014. And that's up from 35% in 2000. So people are buying more handguns than they did in 2000. So 14 years later, um, that number is a little under double. So based upon a national survey, the following estimates are private firearm ownerships in the U S as of 2016. So 36% to 49% of households have a gun in it. So, uh, a little under half to about a third to a half of all households have some sort of firearm in it. In about 23% to 36%, so about a quarter to a third um, of adults own a gun. So, let that, let, just think about that. That a third to a half of all households have a firearm in it. And uh, about a quarter to a third of adults own a handgun. So, let's just take a... Uh, a quick breakdown of the percentage of who owns a firearm. So males account for 45% of all firearm purchases and ownerships. Females account for 15%. Whites account for 33%. All non-whites, so basically all the minorities, account for 22%. Republicans, 38%. Independents, 31%. And Democrats, 22%. Um, I just want to make this clear. These are numbers that people have claimed that they have. So we don't know about all the unclaimed firearms. Um, so these numbers are probably definitely not accurate to what is actually out there. So in 2013, a Gallup poll 
gun owners stated that they owned firearms for the following reason. 60% of gun owners said that they have a firearm to protect against crime. 36% said that they had a firearm for hunting, which is a good reason. And finally, the last 21% said that they had it for recreation slash target shootings. So they just like guns. They like shooting at it. They want to get they, they, they just like shooting guns. All right, so we're going to go over this next section. It looks like it's a pretty beefy section, but I just want to come and look at this. Uh, look at the data. So this is going to be calling a self-defense sort of area in it. So roughly 16,000 people, uh, I'm sorry, 16,000 murders were committed in the United States in 2016. Of these, um, Almost 12,000 of these, or 73%, were committed with firearms. 1993, a nationwide survey of just under 5,000 households found that over the previous five years, at least half a percent of households had members who had used a gun for defense during a situation in which they thought someone almost certainly would have been killed. So that's roughly... 162,000 incidents a year. And that excludes all military service, police works, or work as a security guard. So all law enforcement, um, uh, mall cops, and our proud uh, military men. I'm sorry. So half a percent of people that owned a gun in 93 thought that or used their firearm in a situation of life and death. So just just think about that. That number is 162,000 incidents. That's 162,000 lives that could have been lost if firearms were not out there for civilians. I'm not saying anything else. Based on survey data from the U.S. Department of Justice, roughly 5.9 million violent crimes were committed in the United States during 2014. These include simple or aggravated assault, robbery, sexual assault, rape, murders, and of these, about 600,000 or 10% were committed by offenders visibly, in all caps underlined bolded, visibly armed with a gun. Based on survey data from 2000, from a 2000 study, sorry, published by the Journal of Quantitative Criminology, the U.S. civilians used guns to defend themselves and others from crimes at least, uh, looks like just under a million times. Exact numbers, 989,883 times, so just under a million times per year. So, just a quick recap. Civilians in the United States use guns to defend themselves uh, and others from crimes uh, that are just under a million times per year. And that's in 2000. In 1993, nationwide survey of just under 5,000 households found that over the previous five years, at least 3.5% of households have members who have used a gun for self-protection or the protection of property, home, work, or elsewhere. This amounts to um, just over a million such incidents per year. This excludes all military, police, security guards. So, 
there is tons of information on the internet. There are lots and lots of pages, and I don't want this to go, this podcast to go on forever. Um, so I'm going to end the data hunt here and briefly go over my final thoughts and opinions. Like I said, I want to keep this podcast as unbiased as possible, and I've tried to do that during the article section, explaining both sides is to the best of my abilities. So recap on both sides. Uh, having more restrictions possibly could reduce the amount of crime and make people feel safer, at least, in their homes. That is the tighter restriction side, cliff note version, and the less restriction gun, I'm sorry, the less restrictive gun uh, law ownership version is not having more guns on the streets and not necessarily on the streets, but in citizens' hands could deter more or could deter mass shootings or any types of shootings because they are, the shooter would typically be outnumbered uh, quite a bit. Um, So that's sort of the argument of two sides as I see it, uh, sort of the best argument on each side, in my opinion. And now I want to express my opinion, which I have slowly been expressing these this entire time, but here it is. I go, I've, I would vote for the fact that having more guns for self-protection, for protecting you, yourself, you, I'm sorry, you, your loved ones, your property, your livelihood, all of that. You should be able to protect them because the fact of the matter is guns are not going away. They've been out there for centuries and they will continue to be here for centuries. Um, with the, y- y- you can 3d print a gun. Uh, it, it's, it's not hard to get a gun. Even if we were to magically get rid of all guns, Everywhere in the United States, like I said, you can 3D print guns. You can, someone has the know-how to manufacture a gun at home in their tool shop. And and then there's still be the problem of other violence. Um, And I don't want to go back to the 17s and 1800s and and violence there, but I just want, want everyone to understand there is no way that we're getting everyone's guns. You may get the law-abiding citizens' guns, but those are the people that need to have the guns. It's the people that don't obey the law that we need to worry about. It's the people that don't obey the law that are are doing these terrible things. It's it's not going to go away. We can't take guns away from people. That's just not how this is going to work. And even if it did, bad people would still have guns. And bad people would still do bad things with those guns. It is the good people that need to have these guns. It's the good people that are going to protect us. It's the good people that do good things for the right reasons. Is the good people that stand up and fight. Is the good people 
do the right thing and will protect us. So I want you to think long and hard about what side you want to be on. Because at the end of the day, there's only going to be one right reason. There's only so many things someone can tell you, someone can manipulate you with. So please take everything that I'm saying. Do your own research. Figure out what side you want to support. Figure out through objective sources, through multiple sources, just like on this podcast. These sources that I used may have been biased, but I used a lot of them. And I made sure that I chose at least different biases. I did not look at Wikipedia. I stayed off mainstream news sources because I want the facts. I want to be able to wake up every morning knowing that I know both sides of the story and what side is ultimately going to be the best for me best for my family and best for my future so guys that's where I'm going to leave it today please 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 think about what you're going to do please stay safe stay alive keep your head screwed on straight don't do anything stupid and have a good one Thank you.